This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy, Q. Damon Cotton behind the wheels of steel in the home studios. Damon, we definitely appreciate your efforts on this Tuesday. Feels like I'm coming off of a, off of a weekend. Raiders had Monday night football action, Allegiant Stadium. Come away with what many are coining, a, 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 putting a name to it, an epic performance, a roller coaster of emotions on Monday night football. There's been some really good names thrown out there. I like that. I really do. I'm not the dude's going to come up with the creative names, but Raider Nation, you've been awesome with a bunch of names that you've given to not only the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang this morning, but also JT the Brick. A lot of good quality names for that game last night, and I don't think I have a name for it just because I don't really know if I still believe that it happened. <laughs> I don't know how you're feeling right now, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but man, what a roller coaster ride. I was sitting in the press box next to Clay Baker from the morning tailgate. And every time the Raiders made a, a play and made something happen, I just kind of looked at him and said, did that, did that just happen? Did that really just happen? And it did. And ultimately, everyone woke up this morning with the Raiders 1-0 on the season. So congratulations, Raider Nation. Uh, job well done. And I, I congratulate you off top because – uh, I really do believe the 61,000-plus that were in attendance last night at Allegiant Stadium, and I know that everybody wasn't a Raiders fan. I know that there was a, a, a handful, maybe more than a handful of Ravens fans there. I get that. But Raider Nation showed up and showed out. Something that I challenged Raider Nation to multiple times on Monday from Allegiant Stadium, affect the game. I had a lot of people hit me up and say, Q, I think Raider Nation affected the game, like you said. And they absolutely did. Absolutely did. I thought it was, uh, it was great. It was great. Um, I, I got this tweet. I wanted to share this tweet with you off top of the show. Got this tweet from Scott. And, well, first of all, he sent a long, a super long tweet, so I'm not going to read all of it. But he just sent one uh, about 9.30 this morning that I thought was, was kind of cool, a little like a third part of this tweet. Uh, he said, one thing I didn't mention last night that I don't think could be overstated Something I haven't been able to say in a while. When they were on defense, talking about the Raiders, I believed that they could get the stop or make the big play. I think that mentality is huge advantage, and have it, having it is so critical to how they play and the play calling in general. Something that he hasn't said in a long time is that, oh, the defense is on the field. I think that they're going to make a play. I believe that they're going to make a play. I think a lot of Raider Nation felt like that watching the game unfold Monday night. I know sitting in the press box, I felt pretty confident when the defense was out there. Yeah, they're going to get it done. They're going to make a stop. They're going to hold them to a field goal. They're going to make them punt. And I know, when you look up at the scoreboard and you see 27 points and you see the big plays that Lamar Jackson still had, hey, look, man, it's Lamar Jackson. The dude's a video game. 
Anyone go back with, with Tecmo Bowl back in the day when all you had to do was run that sweep with Bo Jackson and you knew you were going to score a touchdown? Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> he, he is that guy. He makes big-time plays all the time. He makes chicken out of, well, you know the rest. So as DeMond got a little concerned right there, I thought I was about to go there and he was going to have to hit the dump button. But DeMond, you were there in attendance. You were working the game, media relations for the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, as the game kind of went up and down and roller coaster ride and you heard the emotion and the energy from the crowd, good and bad, what were your thoughts when ultimately the Raiders come out with the overtime victory, 33-27, to go 1-0 on the season? I'm not going to lie. My first thoughts as the game's like getting under, like get going down to the wire, it was like, I hope it doesn't go into overtime because I want to get out of here. <laughs> See how you are, man. <laughs> but th- but you know what it was though. Once I saw how much time was on the clock, it is having that confidence in the Raiders. I was like, this game's going into overtime. I knew it before, like the kickoff. I was just like, once I saw how much time was left on the clock, I guess that it's me having faith in Derek Carr. But it was just like, oh, this game's definitely going into overtime. So let me get this: with 37 seconds and no timeouts, you thought the game was going to overtime? 100. percent I said it. As we were in the press room, because we already had to go downstairs to the press conference room, you know, to be to get ready for, you know, yeah. after the game. So, yeah, I'm saying it to my coworkers. I'm like, this game's going to overtime. Watch. Wow. Well, I, I'll tell you, I didn't I, I didn't go that far, but I did realize there was 37 seconds left in the game. You know, I, I said there's 37 seconds left in the game. Anything could happen. Derek Carr does really well when he uh, has to has to make a couple plays here and there. And for a guy that had an off night, you know, especially to start with, uh, he sure finished pretty strong. And to go down there and have the wherewithal to, to hit Brian Edwards for the first couple catches, didn't touch the ball for the first time until there was 37 seconds left in the game. I mean, think about that. You know, you always say that you want to get people involved in games early so that all of a sudden you don't go to them late and they're not, you know, about that life. Hell, <laughs> no worries. He didn't, he didn't have no action, didn't have any catches until 37 seconds left in the game and came up with two of the biggest catches. And you know, it's funny, the way that the game shook out with all the theatrics that they had in overtime, winning the game, then all of a sudden the game, the, the win is taken away from them, and then it looks like the win's really going to be taken away from them. Boy, what would that conversation be like today? We would have had a major meltdown, right? Oh, man, we, the calls today would have been, do you know that's how the league's going to do us? Oh, da, da, man. Da, da, da. I'm so glad that didn't happen, but I could hear it now. I can hear it. I'll tell you, when everything happened at the goal line, and, and one, I'll say this off top, I was not a fan of the Derek Carr sneak. I wasn't. I was not a fan of that. I don't like coach, uh, ever questioning the coaches because they know way more than I'll ever know. I, I, I was a fan, fan of giving the ball to 28. 28 had been in the end zone twice. He has a nose for getting in the end zone. He did it, what, 12 times last season, seven times the year before his rookie year. Yeah, I, I think in that situation, first and goal from the one, you give, the, you give the ball to 28 four times if you have to. I don't care if everybody in Allegiant Stadium knows 28's getting the rock. You go give the ball to 28 and let him go get it done. There's a certain mentality that you have to have. And I think when Hugh Jackson was the head coach, he said it best. I want to run the ball when everybody in the building knows I'm going to run the ball. We're still going to do it. We're going to be bullies. I, that's, that's just me. And, again, I'm not a coach. I'm a guy sitting in the press box tweeting what's going on. <laughs> so, no, not trying to question the coach, but I wasn't a, a, a fan of the fourth and one, uh, you know, Derek Carr sneak. I just, just not a fan of that play. Tom Brady, he's a different dude. A- anytime he needs to pick up one yard, one and a half yards, Tom Brady's going to get it every single time. It's just, it's just something different. You know, everybody's not, not cut the same. And that's not a slight to Derek Carr at all. But 
ultimately it doesn't matter. But man, I, I, it's, I thought as soon as that false start happened, and then all of a sudden, of course, the 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 bounce off the helmet, the ball bouncing off the helmet, going through Willie Sneed's hands, and end up being an interception. I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be such a meltdown on the radio. I immediately started, maybe that's me being selfish. I started immediately thinking of what the radio show was going to sound like today. And then, of course, Carl Nassib comes up with a big play. The biggest of plays. I'm, I mean, look, and, and the Raiders' defense did it multiple times. You know, I know on paper they had two turnovers. You know, they caused uh, Lamar Jackson to fumble twice, but really they had three turnovers because K.J. Wright came in with a big play on fourth and one and stopped the, the Ravens from picking up that fourth and one. So that's a turnover right there. But, man, that, that defense, no, it wasn't lights out. It wasn't shut them all down. But, man, I'll tell you, I'm just like Scott in, in that tweet that he sent me. I, I felt there was a good chance that the, the defense was going to make plays when called upon, and, and they did. And so you got to give them a lot of credit, man. You really do. Was it perfect? No. Can it get better? Sure. But man, that's a pretty good start. That's a pretty good start, Raider Nation. So want to hear from you. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation, because that's what it's all about. Met a lot of great people at Allegiant Stadium yesterday. Took a lot of pictures. All of us. I, I, I really want to thank the whole crew at Raider Nation Radio 920. Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, Hondo Carpenter, uh, JT the Brick, of course, Vinny Bonsignor, uh, Damon Yu. You know, just I mean, everybody came through. Bobby came through. Chapman came through. Everybody really uh, played their role and did a major hell of a job yesterday at Allegiant Stadium. And we were able to meet and greet with so many members of Raider Nation. And so we want to salute to you, Raider Nation, because that's, I mean, that's, again, it's called Raider Nation Radio 920 for a reason. It's all about you. So I want to, I want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. We do have a couple of great guests coming up on the show today. But I want to know, what did you learn about the 2021 Las Vegas Raiders? What did you learn as you watched that game Monday night? I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what my friends think or people, or people I know think. It really doesn't, you know. But to sit in the press box and have repeated text after text after text from Dallas Cowboy fans that knew me in Texas and said, we're watching this team on the big stage queue and I'm pretty impressed. Again, it's just an outsider's point of view. They're not national media. They're not anyone who's you know going to raise your power rankings, which I think are whatever. I never care about power rankings, so what? I can come up with my own power rankings. It doesn't mean squat. You know what I mean? It's just I never get hung up on that kind of stuff, and maybe I should, but I don't. I don't care if some dude in a studio says that this is the number five ranked team in the league or the number 35 ranked team in the league. And there's only 32 teams. I just don't care. So people get mad. Raiders just beat the Ravens. How come the power rank is not high? Who cares? Cares. Cares what they think, man. Enjoy the victory. Soak it in. It was well earned. Hard fought. Good victory for the Raiders. So I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. I want to hear the Salmon Ash text line. I want to get your responses. 69187, keyword R&R. A lot of folks hit me up. Q, what exactly does the keyword R&R mean? What you got to do, 69187 is basically the phone number. I'm doing that in air quotes. That's the phone number, 69187. When you start your message, put the letters R-N-R. That stands for Raider Nation Radio. And then 
leave a little space, and then your message. And I know it's a little confusing at times. That's why I'm explaining it, and I'm saying it a little slow. I'm not trying to, you know, make you sound like a dummy or make you feel like a dummy. I'm just saying because sometimes it does get confusing. 69187 is the number. R&R has got to start your message, and then it'll get to us, and we'll be able to read it on the show. Definitely appreciate. What did you learn about the 2021 Raiders Monday night? Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy in L.A. Gangsta. Ain't nothing but a gangster party. What's up, Gangsta Raider? Hey, what's happening, y'all? How y'all Chilling. feel today? I, I know y'all stayed up a little late last night celebrating, but that's how you turn Sin City into Win City. And I want to tell Demasi, I gave you a chance to join the Raider Nation <laughs> on the 25th uh, on the 25th anniversary of Pac's death. I gave you a chance to, to be an official member of Raider Nation, and you spit in my face. Now you are a um, fan of a winless team when you could have been part of this undefeated Raider Nation. But that's neither here nor there. You know what I'm saying? But what I want to say is I learned that you can defend on the defense because you say you see even after that um, interception, the defense got to stop, got the ball back, and we end up winning the game. You know what I'm saying? Last year, I don't think that would have been possible, even though the defense did step up, you know, a couple of times, especially in that Carolina game. Remember last year, the defense stepped up in the Carolina game, yep. and we got the ball to stop, you know what I'm saying? But um, I, I think it's a different feeling this year because defense is – not only that play, but throughout the game, they made several plays to show it's a whole different feel of offense, especially when um, K.J. Wright made that um, stop on fourth play, I mean on fourth down. That that wouldn't have never happened last year under Gunther. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we got a real defense, and if Carr would have played better in the first half and um, capitalized on them, they wasn't three and outs on those, what, five and outs or whatever, I think we would have been closer to a shutout like I predicted. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not trying to mess on car or nothing. I'm not trying to complain about nothing. I'm enjoying the victory. You know what I'm saying? But it should have been easier. But it's a victory, and we turned the thin city into win city, and I like what we see. But I'm concerned about Jacobs. You know what I'm saying? How come Jacobs looks so beat up so early? And also, um, Richie Incognito. I, I think we need him back for this Pittsburgh game coming up. And as long as he can hold it down to at least week five or six, if he go down after that, then come back late in the season, right before a playoff push, that'll be a um, blessing in disguise. Same with McCoy. As long as McCoy can come back, like I say, any week, any time after like week twelve or thirteen, and help us with that playoff push and get ready for the playoffs, and his injury might be a blessing in disguise too. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'm really concerned about Simpson. Simpson didn't look too good to me, and um, people trying to make it seem like Leatherwood was the problem. I think Leatherwood played good, and that offensive. I mean, that um, when he jumped offside. That was Derek Carr's fault. He did a hard count on a one-inch line for what? What if the other side would have jumped out? All we're gonna get was a one-inch closer to the um to the touchdown. So that was stupid. His um little hard count caused Leatherwood to jump outside, and that caused a penalty. That was Derek Carr's fault. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I'm not trying to poo-poo the win. Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to say it should have been easier. You know what I'm saying? But it's I a good you. game all day. Raider Nation, I'm gone. And right. um, you could have been part of the nation. The mind now it's over. <laughs> There he goes. That's Gangster Raider right there. Uh, had a lot to say on that one, a lot about what he learned. And I'll tell you right now, um, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, Richie Incognito. Yeah, it's a guy that the Raiders need back. And, uh, you know, there's reports out now uh, that Raiders starting guard Denzel Good suffered a torn ACL Monday night. So he's out for the season. Uh, that's a rough deal. He's a good player. He's been banged up throughout the course of, uh, throughout the course of training camp and preseason. Uh, but, yeah, 
Denzel Good looks like he's uh, out for the season with a torn ACL. That's according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. There's also reports that, and I'm not confirming any of this. I know John Gruden had his his media session, said that these guys were going to be reevaluated and further evaluated. But uh, according to some reports out of ESPN, uh, Mariota, Ngakwe, and McCoy believed to also have suffered long-term injuries. So take the good with the bad. It was good to have a... Uh, a victory on Monday night, go 1-0. Bad injuries happen. That's the game of football. And Gakwe went out of the game with a hamstring injury. I noticed someone had tweeted at me during the game and said, Q, why is he on the sideline with no, with no helmet on? And then that's when we started to pay attention and really noticed that, uh, you know, he wasn't coming back into the game. I thought he had gone out for a breather, and then he never went back in. And so that's, that's unfortunate. Mariota, I mentioned it as soon as he, as soon as he had that 31-yard run. Uh, the way he went down, the way he got up, he looked injured. I mentioned that immediately, tweeted it out. And the thing about Twitter, you can always go back and check. But I did. I said, hey, that was a nice run. He does not look good. And JT, I heard JT the Brick a little earlier saying that that's been the story of his Raider career, his injuries. And unfortunately, he just can't stay healthy. And and he could be a big-time weapon. But, you know, a lot of people saying, why wasn't he back in the game? He had that nice run. Well, that's why. He's banged up. He's injured. Not good. Gerald McCoy, you knew when he was carted off, that wasn't going to be good. And I hate that for him. I really do. Again, I know the injuries happen, but really hate that for Gerald McCoy, uh, a guy that's got such a great spirit, a guy that you know is a vet, a pros pro, knows how to get it done. I mentioned earlier in the, in the preseason that he was going to help this team win games. I still believe he can help this team win games. It's probably going to be from the sidelines, though, unfortunately, because it looks like he's going to be uh, out for a while. And again, none of this is confirmed. This is just what I've been reading. Uh, I've been sitting here looking at, at, at Twitter and look at different uh, – insiders and I say that in air quotes accounts so nothing is official from the Raiders so just keep that uh, with a grain of salt Uh, I do want to tell you and then I know we got a couple more guests but I I, are a couple more callers that I want to get to as well I do want to tell you about the guests coming up starting at 2.30 two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback Jim Plunkett he's going to join the show to talk about what he saw particularly from the the quarterback position from Derek Carr how you start out with a slow game like he did and then all of a sudden uh, get lathered up, get fired up, and 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 finish the way he did. You know how much of that has to do with not getting reps in the in the preseason. And a lot of folks, and I said it, I said it on Twitter. Hey, it looks like an offense that didn't get reps in the preseason. People, I told you, I told you, Q. You said it was no big deal. Look, look what happened in the first game. Bunch of injuries. Now, if those bunch of injuries that we that I just ran down to you, if those had happened in the preseason game because you're trying to get that the first team reps, then what would you be saying? So that's why John Gruden made the, made the decision to not have the first team reps. I know it's a it's a it's a again it's a gamble, it is. You take the good with the bad, but that was the decision that he rolled with. He wanted to at least get to the regular season with his guys, and he did. And unfortunately, in the first game, a bunch of them got injured. So you just got to live with that. But that's you know that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast, and that's what happened. So we'll talk to Plunk, man. I'm so excited to have Jim Plunkett on the show. JT's going to have him on every uh, Friday, I believe, before game so he can kind of preview the game what to look for and then I'm going to have him every uh, Monday or Tuesday in this situation to recap the game so you want to talk about full throttle Raider Nation Radio going hard in the paint JT the Brick and Jim Plunkett every Friday and myself and Jim Plunkett every Monday or Tuesday to recap the game it doesn't really get too much better than that that's awesome fired up about that and then also Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week, Desert Pines Head Football Coach Tico Rodriguez. They came up with a big victory over a very tough team out of Utah. 
They got that on Friday night. Uh, they improved their overall record to 3-0, and uh, we're going to talk to him. Myself and DeMond will talk to him about you know, be, being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week and also the victory, what it means for his team, and how they continue to prepare for district play. Uh, you all know if you've listened to this show for uh, any amount of time that high school football and uh, you know honoring these coaches with the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award is a big deal to me. It's a really big deal, and I want to make sure that it's highlighted the way that it should be highlighted. So he'll, be, he'll join us at 320 to talk all about that. Now let's hustle out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick and talk to our guy Terrell. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness, my man. Uh, is he gone? Terrell, what's up, Doc? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, sweet. Uh, it's Travell out of Sacramento. Oh, my bad, Travell. Representing yeah, 916. I see you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got to say, the Raider Nation opened up Allegiant Stadium and Monday Night Football right. It was great. The production was great. Bruce Buffer was great introducing <laughs> the Raiders. Cool. I, love, yeah. I love every moment of it. Uh, what I learned from the game is the defense played contramentary football. Like, the offense didn't get off right. Yeah. Got started really slow. Yep. But the defense held up. They bend. They didn't break. And they did what they had to do to stop Lamar Jackson. That's get turnovers. Won a turnover battle. Yep. Simple as that. I, like, um, let's just keep it up. Simple as that. Uh, what happened to good? These other injuries, unfortunate, but that's just part of the game. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, still, I'm still excited for the season. Good call. Good call representing Sacramento, man. The 916. Hold it down for me out there, man. I love you all out there. Uh, shout out to my guy, Mikey the Barber from uh, Sacramento as well. Got a lot of good family out there. My cousin Jesse live in Sacramento, so shout out to him as well. So always got love for the 916, but great call, man. And uh, complimentary uh, defense, complimentary football. That's something that we've been talking about, preaching about here on the show. Is that something that the Raiders need? You know, the offense is going to do, do their thing. The defense has got to be able to compliment them. Well, when the offense was getting off to a slow start, the defense said, don't worry, we'll do the heavy lifting, and, and then, and then we'll, you, we'll let you catch up. And they did. Even though they got down 14 nothing, they still came up with some big plays when they needed to. And not only did they get the turnovers, Travell, but they also had the points off turnover. That's big. That is big. They scored touchdowns off of turnovers. That's huge. That's what you need to do. You need to turn those turnovers. You got to win the turnover battle, but you got to turn those turnovers. You got to turn those into points, and preferably seven, not three. Great call, my man. Great call. One more call before we take a break, and then we'll get to Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champion here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's talk to my guy, Brian, from right here in Henderson. What's on your mind this afternoon? Hey, what's up, Q? Chill it, man. Chill um, Great game. Um, looks like we kind of had to dust the, um, the rust off in the first half. But what I didn't like in the first half, though, it seemed like Carr was force-feeding the ball to Waller. We know that he's a beast. Um, but when you get the double, triple teams on him, that's when you've got to um, go to Foster Moreau. Or I don't like how you were saying earlier how we need to get rugs involved early. Same thing with Brian Edwards. Yeah. Get them involved. We already know what Waller's going to do. He's going to eat. We already know that. Get those two involved early so we don't have to. And they should be open. If you're getting double, tri- triple team by Waller, those cats got to get open. They have to. Um, the other thing, too, is um, I just think, like the caller before saying, I, the defense is showing up. Yeah, the injuries really suck, but I think we have a little bit of depth in regards to, you know, if, if we can win this game on Sunday, Sunday morning, going 2-0 in the AFC, that shows a lot. Yeah. So I just think that we're on the right path. Um, 
I think that what's overlooked is what happened with Carr later in the game. He said, you know what, I'm going to just run this offense. The announcers were saying that he was waving off Gruden. And that's when things, to me, started to open up a little bit more. And I think we need to see more of that from Carr, that no huddle, and just let him run the show. Gruden, he knows the system. Okay. All right. All right. Good enough. I, I like that. Thank you for the call, Brian. Appreciate it. It's always good to hear from you uh, right here in Henderson. And, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't – I mean, I'm not hearing the broadcast while I'm in the – while I'm in the uh, the booth or anything, we didn't hear that. Uh, Brent Musburger had some great calls as well uh, on, on on the broadcast, but uh, yeah, I didn't get to hear that about him waving off uh, John Gruden. I, I don't think that he officially like waved him off, waved him off. You know, what I mean, I just I don't see that. I think that he has some options. I think they put some options in his ear, of course, and you know that they have their form of communication. I don't really feel like they uh, he was really waving him off because I think that John Gruden would not be waved off. You know, I mean, even him and Gannon used to go back and forth all the time, but I don't think that Gannon ever really officially waved him off and was like, no, I got this, don't worry about it, go on and and take a backseat. But I do think, uh, to your point, I think they do, you know, have some options that they – they they roll out there and they have their 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 form of communication where they know exactly what's going on at all times. So uh, yeah, that that's that's an interesting little nugget though that you, that's what you'll pick up from the broadcast where you won't get that if you're uh, you know in the press box or whatever just kind of watching. So uh, thank you for that. I do appreciate it, man. Great way to start us off, Gangster Raider uh, Travell, and then my man Brian and Henderson. Of course, we'll have more time for open lines as we uh, you know want to hear from you, Raider Nation. It's about you, man. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. That is the number we'll get back to those uh, open lines but coming up next two-time Super Bowl champ quarterback Jim Plunkett he's going to join the show and talk about what he saw from Derek Carr uh good bad ugly everything whatever whatever he's feeling he'll let you know and he'll do it next on Unnecessary Roughness live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming to you live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And very pleased to have now on the phone lines two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback Jim Plunkett. And, and, and Plunk, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. So excited to get to talk to you, especially following a Raiders victory on Monday Night Football. Brand new stadium full of fans. I mean, it was every storyline you wanted to write was able to be written last night. Uh, what were your thoughts on just the environment of the stadium and the way that Raider Nation really made their, their presence felt. Well, first of all, it was great to be uh, in a stadium once again uh, with uh, Raider fans yelling and screaming and, and uh, really uh, representing uh, Raider Nation. It was, it was a great night. It was a great uh, victory for the Raiders, and it was quite a performance. You know, got off to a slow start, down 14 nothing, but came right, roaring right back. I thought it was just a, a great performance, not only by the football team, but by the fans who, who attended. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, we always talk about Raider football. We always talk about the past as well and just how, you know, how, how you guys were, were just notorious for never giving up, always fighting till the end to come back. And there was no quit in the Raiders. Did you see a little bit of that last night? Did you feel a little bit of that last night? Yeah, I certainly did. I think they were so fired up about, the, you know, the stadium and the crowd and uh, Monday, first Monday night football game of the year. And sometimes, you know, you get a little overwhelmed with emotion and stuff like that. And then they finally settled down and started executing, come up with a big plays, third down, uh, conversions, uh, you know, everything you wanted from a football team. Uh, they were, happened to, were able to deliver that night. Uh, 
And it was really fun to watch. They put the ball up in the air, which our Raider fans are used to. And, you know, we all love seeing that. And Darren Waller had just a fabulous game. Derek Carr led that team up and down the field. It was a great performance. And the defense, you know, it's one of the better teams in football uh, uh, that they played last night. And, uh, and they were up for the challenge. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up and mentioned the other team, the Baltimore Ravens, because they do have a great defense. And so it, it was tough, especially early on, like you mentioned. How much of the early rust did they, that they seemed like they had got off to that slow start? How much of that do you think came from, you know, the, the, the starters not playing in, in the preseason? Well, you know, but that goes on both sides of the ball. You know, a lot of the starters uh, around the league didn't get a lot of play time. They just wanted to, you know, get, them, get the timing down, the execution proper. Uh, and to, to get ready for the season. So I, I think that holds true for all the teams in the National Football League. Maybe some uh, less than others. Maybe some uh, uh, starters practice a little bit more than the, the other guys. But, you know, the coach does what he thinks is best for that football team. Right. And, uh, you know, they certainly showed up. Uh, as you mentioned, a slow start. But once they got going, there was no stopping them. No, they, they really got cooking, and, and what a performance and what an entertaining game just in general as the Raiders come away with a 33-27 victory. We're talking right now with two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback Jim Plunkett of the Raiders, and, and uh, I wanted to talk about go-to targets. Obviously, Darren Waller, John Gruden said he's the best player he's ever coached. That's high praise because he's coached some really good players, I mean, yeah. Hall of Famers. So uh, when you have a guy like Waller that is so exceptional as a quarterback, uh, how much do you want to feed him, and what did you think of the way that Derek Carr was really trying to feed him and get him going early on in the game. Yeah, you know, and there there were other opportunities to get to him, uh, but with the pressure, uh, the ball was a little offline and couldn't quite get it to him. But you know, uh, you know, a tight end with his speed uh, is really tough to cover because you either have to cover an inside linebacker or a strong safety most of the time. You know, who just can't run as well as the cornerbacks do. And uh, you know, he fantastic performance. He had opportunity to catch a few more balls. Uh, and really have a huge night. But it's just tough to cover a guy on the inside who can run the way he does. And, you know, he makes things happen down the field. He reminds me of Raymond Chester, Todd Christensen, other great tight ends in the past uh, who have, uh, who played the same kind of football uh, during Waller does, but I think he's got a little bit more speed than those other guys. Don't tell Raymond gonna... Chester I said that, though. <laughs> I know that's right. I was about to say, how would you like to have been able to throw to a guy like Darren Waller? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, by had Brayman and, and uh, uh, it was it was a great working with him. I tell you that. I bet. I bet it was. And, you know, Derek Carr has something in him. He has this clutch gene, 22 game-winning drives he's had now after the completion of last night, after winning that game last night. When you're late in the game, when you're trying to come back, when it's that drive you have to have, what clicks, you know, or what, what's the mentality of a quarterback in that situation? Yeah, you know, draw back to all, you know, all your skills, what, you know, what you've done in the past, uh, who you're going to throw the ball to uh, once the ball is snapped. Uh, you know, all these things are going through your mind, but they seem to be, you know, a calmer, more, you know, uh, calmer situation for you mentally as you're dropping back, you're reading the defense. Uh, and uh, after the third or fourth step, you pretty much know who you're going to. Uh, and there's a guy, you know, you always count, count on in situations like this, like a Darren Waller, uh, who can come up with uh, fantastic catches, get behind defenders, uh, but he spread the ball around uh, very effectively, and he put a lot of pressure on that defense. They didn't know who to who to double cover at any given time. They came after came after him with a blitz. He was able to get the, rid of the ball most of the time, uh, and that really put a lot of pressure on that defensive uh, 
last night. You know, and, and it's funny, you talk about you know who you're going to go to. He went to Brian Edwards late in the game. There was 37 seconds and no timeouts, and Brian Edwards gets his first touch. You know, it's the first catch, and he has two back-to-back. What did you see? I don't think enough people are talking about that 37 seconds where they had to get that field goal, line Carlson up, and he kicks the 55-yarder. What did you see from Carr and just the offense in general in that 37 seconds? Well, you know, uh, Derek is, you know, an experienced guy. Uh, you know, you talk to your lineman, you say, you know, just give me a little bit more time. I'll get the ball to somebody down the field. And that's exactly what Derek Carr did. You know, he's a field general, as they say, and, and you know, he's calling the shots. And, you know, you give a guy like that who's got the experience, has got the arm, and he's got quite a, a, a variety of receivers to throw to. Uh, you know, and the offensive line knows that, and they're going to give it all they've got to try and protect them, give them the time to get the ball to somebody. And that's what you saw last night in that final drive. Talking right now with two-time Super Bowl champion Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Let me ask you about the opposition. What did you see from Lamar Jackson, just the, the video game style that, that he is? Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. He runs around. He's, he's tough to tackle. Uh, all of a sudden you think you got him and you don't. Uh, he runs down the field, picks up first downs. He gets out of trouble, gets the ball down the field on the run. Uh, he's really a talented kid. He's not the drop, classic drop-back passer that Derek Carr is, uh, but he makes things happen with his feet. And, uh, you know, he, you know he's, he's a competitor. He, he plays hard. He's tough to get to. Uh, and once you think you have him, you don't. And, uh, but, you know, I'm very impressed with him, the way he moves, moves around, moves the football. Uh, and usually guys who run as much as he does, can't throw the ball as efficiently sometimes, but, but uh, he certainly can. It felt like he really was kind of putting his arm on display last night as well, that he was showing everyone just what you said, that, hey, I, I can throw it too. <laughs> you know, oh, absolutely, so, yes. Yeah, he was, he was pretty impressive. How much have you seen Derek Carr grow? This is year four with John Gruden. How much have you seen him grow and just them mature together? Well, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you know I think we've all seen a lot of that. Uh, you know, he came from a passing uh, attack at Fresno State. He, uh, he, uh, he's a good field general out there, and uh, you know. And you're right. With uh, four years under uh, under Coach Gruden, uh, you know, he's matured. Uh, he doesn't make the same mistakes that he did when he first got in there, trying to force the ball in situations. Uh, he reads the uh, the secondary much better than he did when he first got in the league. Uh, and he, you know, he's he's a, a mature. Uh, great throwing quarterback who doesn't run a whole lot, but he can give himself time by moving around in the pocket. But, you know, he's your classic drop-back passer. How important is that quarterback-head coach dynamic? And I ask you because, obviously, uh, you playing with Coach Tom Flores and, and having that relationship. Uh, what, what is it like being in the, in, in the room and, and being the, the coach on the field uh, under a great coach like that? Well, you know, you have, you know, you, you work together – uh, you put the offense in together. Uh, you practice it all week long, preparing for your opponent. And you know, in in my book, I didn't want to let Tom uh, down. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah, he got me. He, he chose me as a starter for a reason. And you know, you you don't want to let him down in any way, shape, or form. And I think Derek and and uh, Coach Gruden have that same kind of mentality. You know, uh, John knows what. Uh, Derek can do in situations, and uh, you know, and Derek goes out there and, and performs well under those conditions. And you know, they just have a feel for one another, what they like to do in certain situations, in crucial situations. Uh, here's what we're going to do, and, and they both execute it very well. 
Talking right now with uh, Jim Plunkett, former uh, Raiders quarterback, two-time Super Bowl champ here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Talking about Coach Tom Flores. He goes into the Hall of Fame this year. It was just a great atmosphere there in Canton, Ohio, when he gets enshrined. Uh, what were your thoughts when Coach finally got that call? Uh, you know, I was very happy for him. Uh, you know, he's had a long, great career, both as a, as a quarterback in the NFL uh, as an assistant coach, a head coach, uh, you know, he helped me mature as a player. You know, I was cut by the 49ers back in 78, and then Tom and uh, Mr. Davis uh, thought that I had a little bit something left, and, and uh, Tom worked very hard and diligently with me uh, learning that greater offense, which was, you know, a little different than a lot of the uh, other teams in the league and a lot of the teams that I played for, uh, wide open, uh, you know, uh, great passing attacks. Um, that uh, Mr. Davis and, and Coach Flores put together. And it, it was quite uh, something for me to be able to play in that kind of environment, that kind of offense. Uh, it made me, it helped me do what I do best, and that's throw the football down the field. What did that mean to you? I mean, you kind of briefly touched on it, but what did it mean to you to, to, to know that two guys like, like Al Davis and Tom Flores saw that in you and said, you know what, this guy is going to be special. We've got to get him in here, teach him this, our system, and then let him rip. Yeah, you know, I struggled. You know, I went to New England. I got off to a pretty good start being rookie of the year. Uh, things kind of fell apart. I was running the option uh, for Chuck Fairbanks, and I, believe me, I'm not an option running quarterback. <laughs> and, uh, it was time for me to ask to be traded. I wanted to come back to the West Coast. Went to the 49ers. They were under a little bit of turmoil. Uh, they fired their coach, hired uh, uh, one coach that uh, didn't work out very well. Then they got Monty Clark, and then things got a little bit better. Uh, but, uh, you know, they wound up cutting me, and that was, uh, it was a tough period in my life, believe me, uh, always being a starter, right. never having been cut uh, before in my life. It, it was a tough challenge to, to uh, you know, come back. I, at first, I didn't want to get back out of the league anymore. I thought maybe my, they're right. Maybe my career is over. But uh, Al and Coach Flowell, John Manta at the time, who was the head coach, uh, wanted to, uh, thought I still had something left. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I sat on the bench for a year behind Stabler, which was very tough for me to do. But I learned the offense. I learned what they expected from me. Uh, and uh, eventually, uh, you know, I fit in that system pretty well because I do like to throw the ball down the field. <laughs> yeah, I think you did pretty well for yourself. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Yeah. I think you did pretty well. Two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback uh, Jim Plunkett is our guest right now on Unnecessary Roughness. And uh, we've got to ask you about Cliff Branch. I mean, he, he's a guy who obviously, unfortunately, is no longer with us, but he's a senior finalist for the Hall of Fame. That's just about one of those deals where uh, I don't want to say it's 100% that he's going to get in, but it's about as close as possible. What will it mean? mean when when cliff branch's family gets that call that that cliff is in the hall i think it would be terrific you know uh, he had his struggles but the guy could fly he could catch the football probably not as well as fred belinikoff or some of the other uh receivers in the league uh but you know when you lined up against him on defense you were afraid he was going to run by you and more often than not he did uh you know he made uh, the raiders he was one of the reasons why the raiders raiders were such a great passing attack because they, you know they had to double cover him uh, and they and they had a tough time even doing that but with his speed uh, his ability to get behind the defenders uh, you know he was your classic speed receiver who can get down the field uh, you know oftentimes you know uh, if we needed 30 yards he's the guy you're going to look for uh, if you you know if you had a few penalties you're you're in the hole a little bit um, you know they're not going to cover him very tightly i guarantee you. and but he, you know he made a diff, big difference for that raider offense uh, and uh you know i you know i 
pray that he goes into the Hall of Fame this year. He, he deserves it. Yeah, Raider Nation is rooting for him, no doubt about it. And just to be quite honest with you, Raider Nation is, is rooting for you as well. I mean, you know, there's, we get calls every day, you know, put, put Branch in, put Plunkett in. You know, there's uh, Lester Hayes, put Lester Hayes. I mean, there's just so much great, rich history with the Raiders. I mean, just to be a part of the organization, Jim, where, where there is that rich history. And, and like the, the motto is, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. What, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, it means a lot. Uh, you know, they stood by me uh, after I was uh, released. Uh, they helped me, uh, uh, you know, kind of mature into the position there with the Raiders, learn their style of offense, uh, and they were behind me 100% once I got there. And, uh, you know, I can't thank Mr. Davis enough, uh, Coach Flores enough, uh, for the help and guidance they gave me while I was there. And, you know, I was on my heels for a while there, uh, not knowing if I'd ever uh, either play in the NFL again or be a starter. And, and sure enough, as you mentioned, uh, very fortunate to win two Super Bowls. We got close in that short strike shortened season as well. Uh, you know, and I thank the Raider organization very much for the opportunity they gave me late in my career. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, and there's so much great, rich history in Allegiant Stadium now. You know, everything is just kind of honored on the walls. Of course, they have the, the bricks out front. I mean, just well put together, man. It's just it's so fun to be there, and it's almost like a museum for Raider Nation to go and, and soak up that rich history. And, and Jim, this has been great. I, I, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Before we let you go, I did want to ask about the upcoming opponent, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, Big Ben is a total different animal from Lamar Jackson, but still a really good quarterback. So uh, what is this Raiders defense going to have to do to try to slow down Big Ben? What are you seeing from him these days? Well, you know, he's, he's the classic drop-back passer. He's not going to move around too much. He's going to get the ball downfield with that strong arm of his. He's experienced. He knows where to go to. He can read defenses. Uh, you know, he's going to p- create problems just like Lamar Jackson, just from a kind of a different position on the field. He's going to be in that pocket most of the time. And, you know, he, you know he's a great player. He's done a lot of great things uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're going to have their hands full. But you know what? Pressure, pressure, pressure. One of the things that uh, Mr. Davis always spoke about, uh, go after him, uh, make him throw when he doesn't want to, get in his face, uh, and good things will happen. And I, I fully expect the Raiders to try and do that. It's going to be a fun game. It really is. It's going to be an early kickoff, of course, on the road there in Pittsburgh. But it uh, should be fun. And the Raiders going in there a little injured, a little banged up, but still with a 1-0 record, uh, got to feel pretty good about themselves. And, and I got to ask you before you go, I got to ask you, uh, because you come through clutch all the time, uh, if you could give us a, a nice little shout-out. Hey, Raider Nation, this is two-time Super Bowl winning champion, quarterback Jim Plunkin. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's see if I can get all that in. But uh, <laughs> hello, Raider Nation. This is uh, Jim Plunkett, uh, two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, giving a big shout-out to... Raider Nation uh, Radio 920. I'm sorry? Raider Nation Radio oh. 920. Okay, Raiders Radio Nation 920. Um, listen to them, and you'll have a great time listening to a game. There you go. There you go. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of your time. I, I love listening to you. Talk to JT, and I'm going to love uh, recapping games with you each and every either Monday or Tuesday. I definitely appreciate you. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. No doubt about it. There he goes right there. Two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback Jim Plunkett with us here on Unnecessary Roughness. I know, Demond, you're sitting in the studio wondering, I wonder if Q's going to ask him. I wonder if Q's going to ask him. I know you were thinking it. Yeah, I was. <laughs> no, you weren't. No, you look, look. You try to, man. You can never. Even when I'm not in the studio, man. I know when you trying to. You just trying to. No, to, no, 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 no. To slide no, this on by. Is not, I'm not. I'm not joshing around here. I knew you were gonna because you know what I also was thinking. Huh. I was like, 
you've been trying to get one more. You you got one more question in about three more. One more questions in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, you got me. You know me so well. <laughs> Good stuff right there. Uh, so excited to be able to recap each and every week with uh, Jim Plunkett, just breaking down uh, what he saw from his vantage point. And uh, this is a guy who's been there at the highest peak. He's been there, done that. You know, he's got rings. So. Uh, very excited about having that opportunity to talk to him each and every week, recapping the game. And uh, you, you heard what he said about the the start. You heard what he said about getting the ball to a guy like Darren Waller, who's the go-to dude. Uh, lots of good stuff right there from quarterback Jim Plunkett. Many thanks to him for uh, putting that together, helping helping put that together. We appreciate it. I mean, you can expect that each and every week. 2.48 of time when we come back. We're going to close things out. Well, not close things out. We're going to close out number one, hour number one from Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. DeMond's got, eyes got big. He thought, oh, man, show's over already? No, not the show. Just hour number one. But we'll close out hour number one next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Hey, stuff right there. Hey. What? No, I'm not the only one. What? We've been doing it like this since we was hella young. Hella young. <laughs> I can't be up here in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center acting like a hype man. <laughs> I can't get up here. And start acting like I'm on stage at a hip-hop show. And that's that short song that you heard. Raider Colors, Too Short, Ice Cube. They performed that at halftime of the game last night at Legion Stadium. That was awesome. Really good. Too Short was on our show yesterday as well. Oh, he was great. Spent a good 10, 15 minutes with us, man. He was, he was great. So we definitely appreciate that. But uh, it's good to hear. From Short Dog. Short Dog was in the house last night in a major way. Got a lot of good feedback. We only got a couple minutes left before we kick into hour number two, but uh, don't worry. We will uh, continue to take your calls and texts. I do have a couple texts I want to get to, plus one call before we wrap up this hour. Uh, our guy Tom, I told you nothing's official until Tom chimes in. He says, Hey Q, hope you enjoyed the game. I'll be positive they won. Beat a decimated Ravens team at home. If there wasn't any ex- exceptions for this year, it'd be a good win. But year four with an eight-year vet at the helm, maybe they'll win eight games. If the Ravens just had Peters, Raiders don't win. Giving up, giving up expectations and go for another year of what if, go Raiders. That's from Tom. So he said he was going to be positive, and that was about as positive as Tom gets. And then he also uh, said, is a clutch gene or not playing well for three quarters and desperation? Hard to decipher between the two. If only played like that the first three quarters, that's from Tom talking about Derek Carr. And I'll say this. Did they start off slow? Was Derek Carr not very good? Yes. I think he'll be the first one to admit that. But did he hang his head and say, oh, here we go. Oh, shucks, let me pick up my ball and go home? No. He kept slinging it. Slinging it way more many times than I wanted to see. I didn't want to see the ball thrown 57 times. But they really didn't have too many options. You know, that's a tough Baltimore Ravens defense. And let's not forget about that. I mean, we can sit here and say, oh, Derek Carr didn't this, do this. Derek Carr didn't do that. Those are no slouches on the other side of the ball. The Ravens are a damn good defense. I mean, you, I, I had Raven fans, Raven, not Raider fans. I had Raven fans hit me up on Twitter, sending messages to me talking about, hey, let me just give that team props. Let me give that Raider team some props. I'll, I'll, let, me, let me share. Ben, this dude Ben hit me up on Twitter. Hey, Q, I'm a Ravens fan, but I come in peace. 
My wife is a Raider fan, so I listen to your Locked On podcast to stay up to date with the Raiders so I could talk to her about them, and I love your podcast. I want to say that the Raiders look legit and hopefully keep it up all year. Hand the Steelers an L this week, and hopefully we can return the favor and give KC an L. Anyway, wanted to give the Raiders due respect. I know some people on this app can be annoying. That's from a Ravens fan that don't know me from Adam, except for his wife listens to my podcast, which I do appreciate. But that's not the point. The point is, Raven fans, some of them, outside the dude that was giving me a bad time last week because winning the, uh, a game by three points for the Raiders is a hot take, who, by the way, he's no longer on Twitter. He uh, took his ball and went home. I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I get it, Tom. You're never too high. But, man, let your hair down a little bit, you know? I, and I love the feedback. Don't get me wrong. Just let your hair down, man. Enjoy, enjoy the fact that the Raiders stuck it out. Last year, they don't win that game. I, I feel very confident in saying. And I know Max Crosby was asked that question in the, in the postgame uh, media session. He said, I, I don't know. I'm not worried about last year. But I don't think they win that game last year. I don't. So just enjoy the dub. They got some injuries. It's going to be a tough road trip to Pittsburgh. It doesn't get any easier. But I get it. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line, then we'll take a break. Raider Reggie, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? My man, I waited just so I could say a couple of things without taking too long. But Q, you're going to get to know me, dude. You're going to get to know me. I've seen you in various places, and we just haven't been able to chat. But a.k.a. the Silver and Black Panther, I was up in the house yesterday, (laughs) watched that game. You could hear my voice. I, I found totally different than this. My voice is gone. But two plays in that game that had me worried about one of the areas of football that I, I worry about. Okay. So our offense is one, our defense is two, special teams, and coaching. The coaching is what had me worried yesterday. Okay. Those play calls on fourth and one for the Raiders not to get that end zone, not to get in the end zone. And the fourth and one at the beginning of the game when they blazed us for that first touchdown, mm-hmm. dude, I, I, all I kept in my head, it was echoing. I didn't say nothing because I said I was going to let three games go by before <laughs> I started complaining. But last night when that first running touchdown happened, I kept hearing Gruden, man, where you at with this, get out of here with this vanilla play calling. We got too many weapons, too many weapons to be just vanilla, like we've always been, predictable. But I'm going to tell you like this, Raider Nation, y'all came through so hard last night. Dude, I walked up to the stadium, and it felt like the ground was shaking, man. I was (laughs) like, this is fire. And I've been a Raiders fan since 1975. I ain't no joke when it comes to this Raider Nation thing. I ain't no official fan other than being official straight up out of oakland coming nice. to you for real and i'm gonna be calling you man we gonna have an opportunity to really sit down and chat dog Why? yes it's coming. it's coming raider nation stand up there he goes great call reggie raider reggie and yeah man I, I i look forward to the day when we actually get to sit down and and uh you know break some bread and talk and 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 all that man and uh, anyone who was able to meet me over the weekend and I was able to meet and greet over the weekend will tell you uh, I do appreciate a good conversation. I'll tell you what, man, Raider Nation showed out 
in Las Vegas. Uh, regardless of where you're from, if you're from here or you're not, Raider Nation showed out, showed up all over town. And wherever I was at, uh, you were at. And then wherever you were at, I was at. And so I definitely appreciate uh, all of that, man. That was that was just awesome. And, and you really represented the silver and black really well. So we definitely appreciate that. Three o'clock on the dot. We've got to take a quick break. We'll come back. Kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.